Hey, it's Dr. Joe Galati, and thanks for tuning into my podcast, The Dr. Joe Galati Podcast, which originates from the world-famous Texas Medical Center right here in Houston, Texas. On the podcast, you'll hear segments from my weekly radio program, Your Health First, which airs every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Central Time on 740 KTRH here in Houston or coast-to-coast on the iHeartRadio app. We'll also have featured interviews with experts and other interesting people that somehow enter my life. So in a sense, it's a potpourri of interesting people and conversations somehow all tied back to the liver and the health and wellness space because that's what I do. Follow all of our activities by going to drjoegalati.com Sign up for our newsletter and stay in touch. Follow me on social media, which is available on the website. You could always see me as a patient for a consultation. And of course, the same recommendation. Go to drjoegalati.com for details and phone numbers. Your feedback is immensely important. Send me a note on the contact tab of drjoegalati.com. So sit back, enjoy, and I wish you all continued good health. Let's roll the tape. I sure hope you're having a great Sunday evening. Now, tomorrow is Monday. My hope, my prayer for you all. Now, wait a second. My, my telephone is talking to me. Live radio. Live radio. Yeah, you never know you what's going to happen here. Yeah. Uh, no, what I was going to say for everybody listening, it's my hope, my wish, my prayer is that you are sitting on your couch, listening to the radio or driving home and think, okay, for the week coming up, what are we going to be eating? What is my exercise routine? Am I going to get enough sleep? Am I not going to be totally stressed out? So all of us here on the Your Health First team, yes, we're going to give you great information with what Dr. Davis is saying tonight, but we want you to be mindful of your health. Uh, All right, Garth. Dr. Garth Davis, Um, we were talking about this anti-inflammatory diet. And as we were talking on the break, keep it simple, stupid, keep it simple. Do not make it more complicated. What is your sense for somebody that is interested in an anti-inflammatory diet? Maybe because they simply just want to be on it or they have some sort of uh, inflammatory process, be it a Uh, uh, connective tissue problem or some other uh, issue that may be truly related to inflammation in the body and autoimmune problem. What is your, what is your take on this? Yeah. I mean, so you keep it simple, stupid. I could go into the science behind what creates inflammation in food and what doesn't. It's very complex, has to do with lipopolysaccharides from endotoxins that get absorbed from the animal, but let's keep it really simple. Right. If there's parts of the world that are living much longer than us, very healthily, like their 80 is our 60 and or our 50. Yeah. And they don't have heart disease and they don't have diabetes. And it's not genetic because if they come to America, they get them. Maybe we should look at what they're eating. And maybe we should take with a grain of salt anytime you hear an American expert say you need this diet or that diet. It's the keto diet or the anti-inflammatory diet or this diet or that diet. Forget all that. Let's just eat food. Let's not talk about macronutrients. Let's not talk about carbs. Let's not talk about, let's eat natural food. So what are they eating in blue zones? In Sardinia, like you uh, and I were talking about at the break, they're eating eggplant. They're eating potatoes. They're eating tomatoes. They're eating all kinds of beans. Which are all of these bad nightshades, which which people say don't eat. I don't follow that. 
absolutely do not follow that at all. The science behind it is extremely weak. Uh, fruits, vegetables, you know, they do a little bit of fish. They do some goat cheese. It's interesting in Sardinia, uh, you and I were talking about Sardinia. The blue zone is actually in the mountains, not down at the coast because down at the coast they're eating Western diet. Right. goes to show you how this is not genetic. Up in the top of the mountains, they're eating their more traditional diet, which is very, very heavy on plants. Go to Okinawa, the number one food they eat, sweet potato, sweet potato and rice. And people are like, oh, rice is bad for you. You know, in America, before we had any treatment for hypertension, the rice the diet. rice diet. Yes. And the rice diet worked. It worked really well. Yeah. And then, you know, we got, you know, medications. And so people stopped doing the rice diet. And also the guy who popularized the rice diet used to whip his patients. So he lost, uh, <laughs> if they didn't eat the rice, he whipped them. And so he lost his medical license. But that diet really worked. Because yeah. the problem is not the rice. And the problem is not the potatoes. The problem is the French fry. The problem is the fried rice. The problem is the chicken that goes in the fried rice. Right. That's the problem. Um, and we've we've lost that sense. If it's natural, if it's coming from the ground, if it's coming from a tree, it's good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you are, amongst other things, a bariatric surgeon. And yes. I would say as a um, someone that uh, uh, refers patients for bariatric surgery or takes care of them somewhat afterwards, the technology really has changed in the past, past 10, 15 years. Tell everybody about that and some of the things that you and your colleagues Yeah, I mean, doing. I'm an enigma to some people because they're like, why do you, you're so into health and stuff. Why do you still do the surgery? Um, look, the surgery works. There are certain people, we talked about the genetics before. There are certain people <clears throat> that might have a slower metabolism, right. have a higher hunger drive. Uh, they need even more help to change their lifestyle. Um, if it didn't work, I wouldn't do it. Um, but... You've seen it, and it, the, the science is very clear. It works extremely well, and now we do it through tiny little incisions. The risks, uh, you know, it's an overnight stay in the hospital. You're right. back on your feet right away. Um, we do both the gastric bypass and the sleeve gastrectomy. Um, and you could go on my website at drgarthdavis.com for a description of what those surgeries entail. Um, but I look at those surgeries, it's, it's very different because we talked about, like when I first started doing it, it was all about the surgery, right? A chance to cut is a chance to cure. Right. Now it's all about the lifestyle. And that's not just the food you eat. It's mm -hmm. how much are you moving? It's what are you doing for stress? What are you doing for your mental care? How's your sleep? That lifestyle program to me is the key. The surgery to me is a tool to have my patients <laughs> make it easier for them to actually follow the lifestyle program. A lot of times, some of my patients will, you know, do the lifestyle program and not even need surgery. And right. I, I always tell my patients, put me out of work, you know, put me out of business, you know. But at the same time, if you are really struggling with the disease of obesity, because it really is a disease, and you've got these problems with, um, you know, hypothalamic set points being off and extreme hunger and, you know, these kind of things, if that's the case then don't be ashamed to get a surgery to help you do that. that, that that's, you know, I've, I've seen nothing but success with it. You know, you know, and I think especially in fatty liver, the research and the results, yeah. you, you almost cannot argue. So yeah. the, the challenge that I have is that people come with something called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And by the time that they see me, they have known about this for sometimes 10, 12, 15 years. They are on the verge of developing cirrhosis. And once you get to that point... It is just a downhill course. It's not a it's not right. a pretty picture. And they will many times tell me, I've seen a dietitian, I've tried to lose weight, I've tried to exercise, but yet here you are in 2021, you're exactly where you were 10 years ago. Not to say that the diet doesn't work, not to say that going on a plant-based diet, but it's almost 
beat the clock. You know, what, clock, what right. can you do first? If we say, okay, Bob, let's really, really try with the diet uh, and see what happens rather than get a, uh, an evaluation by a surgeon, because uh, I'm sure you could discuss the changes that will occur, the reversal of a lot of this with something like, you know, the one we see most is the is sleeve gastrectomy. Yeah. I mean, they, they both, I mean, the bypass does a, a phenomenal job at reversing right. diabetes um, and a phenomenal job with reflux and heartburn, you know, people that have Barrett's esophagus Absolutely. and reflux. Um, the sleeve does a good job with weight loss. They both, I mean, dramatic results. I don't know that the general public knows just how dramatic these results right. are. And you're right. Like, I, I think most people think, oh, you're doing weight loss surgery. And they imagine like someone who's slightly overweight. These are people that are really suffering that have worked for, I mean, most of my patients, you know, they were overweight as a kid, went to, you know, quote unquote fat camps. Right. Um, so they're in a serious disease process and, and it's a, a different treatment protocol in that situation. But, you know, my father, who I used to be in practice yes. with, he was a really, you know, tell it like it is kind of guy. And at you know one point when I was really getting into plant-based diets, he told me, he said to me, he goes, I think your plant-based diet is malpractice, mm. which is a crazy accusation, right? How from you your say, father, From no my less. father, no, nonetheless. But what he was saying was that we have, we have something that really works in surgery, and you're avoiding it in those patients. And yeah. so I keep it you know, even on both sides. All right. Sounds good. All right. Final segment coming up. We're with Dr. Garth Davis. And hopefully everybody is gleaning a lot of insight and thought on all of this tonight. All right, final segment coming up. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Go to drjogalati.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Dr. Garth Davis, find out about him and his practice. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Joe Galati. I am thinking this is the Rolling Stones, is it? It is. I got a pretty good ear for music, I guess. All right, I am with Dr. Garth Davis. We are talking about obesity, obesity surgery, obesity medicine. We are talking about blue zones and eating better, eating a plant-based diet. And just to summarize, if you're just tuning in, people are always, and I'm, I'm sure they're saying that or asking of you, you know, what should I eat? What should I eat? Uh, plant-based, any Pretty much any plant. Any plant. I can't think of anything not to eat. Yeah, if well, it's I wouldn't in that... eat hemlock, but yeah. No, I mean, no, fruit... hemlock is off the <laughs> galati list. You know, fruits, vegetables, beans, fungi. Nuts. Nuts, seeds. Yeah. All great. All yeah. fantastic. Uh, and there's know... been some recent studies showing the more diversity you eat. We haven't even touched on microbiome, but that's no. like the real issue now. Yeah. And there's a big study that just came out about the diversity of your plant intake really positively affects your microbiome. And that's yeah. really the key. Yeah. It's, it's you know, people talk about the rainbow, but it's eating a lot of different fruits and, and yeah. vegetables. That is the main thing here. Um, true or false, you could only lose weight resorting to a fad diet or i like to say the diet of the month no totally false i mean you could lose weight that way but if you look at the national weight control registry which is basically they did a registry of people that were actually successful losing weight you know and kept it off and so they want to know how did these people do that and there's another study similar in in the uk and if you look at what these people are doing they're not fad dieting some of them were but yeah. most of them were not fad dieting the people that did fad diet they then transitioned 
to a more reasonable diet where they ate a lot of fruits and vegetables, got a decent amount of exercise, tracked themselves, so right. you know, kept themselves honest, um, and and ate a very balanced diet. You don't have to be vegetarian, you don't have to be vegan, but you can, you know, there's some common sense involved here. You got to eat low calorie foods that are going to fill you up. So they're going to have fiber and they're going to have water. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to eat a nice variety of foods. Um, and, you know, uh, I think Michael Pollan summed it up the best. Eat mainly fruits and vegetables, not too much, uh, and keep them that they're not processed. Things. That yeah, well, Michael Michael Pollan, I think one of his best lines, if, if it doesn't rot, don't eat it. If it doesn't rot, don't eat it. You right. know, like if you take it out tonight and put it on your counter, if right. it's not rotten and moldy and hairy. Right. Don't if the fungus it. won't eat it, yeah, probably you shouldn't either. Yeah. <laughs> so along the along those lines, another another ism out there: calories in, calories out. All right, that's a complicated one because right. um, by laws of thermodynamics, yes, but like, look, even if I get if I give you 500 calories in the morning, that's very different than if I give you 500 calories in the evening. This has been studied in these. There's a mm-hmm. bunch of research now. On what's called time restricted eating. So the way your pro- body processes those calories are different just by the time of day when you eat them. Right. If I give you peanut butter, or if I give you nuts, it's going to be a different because the nuts are still encapsulated. It's hard for your body to break it down. Your body doesn't break all of it down, so it doesn't absorb all of those calories. Whereas with peanut butter, it's already broken down. Right, it goes right through, yeah. Yep. Um, and, you know, all these, like, I'll tell you what, the other thing is people do such a bad job with calorie counting. Like, the, the interesting thing to me is people are like, I only ate 800 calories. I'm, like, I'm sorry to tell you, you didn't only eat it. <laughs> We've right. studied this many times, right? It's not, you didn't, you just miscounted. Yeah. Your app miscounted. People don't k- take into account, like, what they spray. You know that Pam's cooking oh, spray? Oh, a ton of calories. Yeah, so Pam cooking spray says on it, no calories. You know, it's the, it, it says no fat. It's 100% fat. How do they get away with that? The serving size is a quarter of a second of a spray. Right. But no one looks at that. What's no. a quarter of a second of a spray? It's like, tss. yeah. But people take that pan cookie spray and spray, spray it all over. Yeah. That doesn't go into their calorie yeah. count. So I used to do very elaborate calorie counting with my patients. It never worked. So I stopped doing that because it, it makes you perseverate. Like, I don't even like Weight Watchers. I don't like counting points or anything like that. Right. I want people to eat naturally, not portion size, but eat foods that will naturally make them portion size. So in other words, how much kale are you going to eat? Like, how many apples is it going to take for you to get full? Way before those apples add up to enough calories to make right. you overweight. Yeah. And in fact, in some of the studies with, with over trying to get people to overeat foods, you can't overeat these foods. No, it's impossible. Now... Um you mentioned intermittent fasting. Now, I have two more topics here that I've been burning to ask you mm-hmm. now that you're back in Texas. Um, intermittent fasting. We've right. talked about this before. This is, to me, an area that really has piqued my interest. What What are your thoughts? And again, and again mm-hmm. a lot of people know about this, but let's try to give them some direction. Um, it's overblown as usual whenever there's a new thing that comes out oh my god this is it it's all about intermittent fasting if intermittent fasting helps you eat less calories then great if it makes you so hungry that you're gonna go crazy then don't so when they've done the studies if they have a control group that just eats 500 less calories a day but eats all during the day whereas the intermittent fasting group that eats the same amount of calories there's no difference 
Right. All right. No difference. It just depends on what's going to help you. The the kind of things you hear about, the really interesting things, the autophagy, the anti-aging effects, that does not occur in these intermittent fasting patterns that people are doing. That requires a really prolonged fast, like a three-day or more fast. Right. So then you're tar- starting to talk about prolonged things like that. That's interesting. Um, if that has a long-term effect, we don't know yet, but that's interesting stuff. But people trying to lose weight, the one thing I will tell you is time-restricted eating does work, meaning... I tell my patients, eat over about a 10-hour window, 8 to 10-hour window. Mm -hmm. Do not eat past sundown. Try very – well, it's hard with daylight savings, but try your best not to eat past sundown because your body – the circadian rhythms are really important. And when their circadian rhythms get off, it does affect your weight. Yeah. And the other other way I look at that, and I I agree with what you're saying about that, but with the intermittent fasting, people will say it's it's an 8-hour window. But it ends at, let's just say, 6 o'clock around the time. A lot of people between 6 o'clock and midnight consume a lot of calories, yeah. snacking. And so if it's almost as if you're putting a, a locked gate over right. your mouth, right. yeah, look, that, that there, if you're saving yourself you know, three, 400 calories right. of junky snack food, yeah. you're going to lose weight. At the worst time that you could possibly eat that food, <clears throat> right. which is right before bed. Yeah, I, I always say to patients, you know, sometimes doing things 100% is easier than doing things 99%. In other words, make that line in the sand. Because if it's 99%, like, oh, tonight I might eat a little snack, right, you know, at 7, yeah. I might eat a snack. But when you're like 6 o'clock, that's it. Yeah, lights out. Lights out, that's it, that's it. Um, then people tend to follow that better. I've found... Actually, moderation doesn't work very well. Yeah. Um, I've kind of, in the, you know, in the beginning, I was like, oh, moderation, let's meet patients where they're at. Um, I've now kind of turned to, yeah, moderation gets you moderate results. We want to yeah. do a little better than yeah. that. Yeah. I would say the last thing here, and this is more of a, a topic that's really near and dear to me, the notion we need to cook at home, try to eat as a family, get everybody involved, make it a priority. You've interviewed thousands of patients. You've seen the good, the bad, the ugly where are we at with that and how much or how little of a problem is it that people are just eat, catch as catch can, yeah. do what you want. It's a free for all, whatever makes you feel good. So what's yeah, your take, Yeah, you know, Garth? that's such an important thing because if you look at the blue zones and you look at what makes them tick, what really makes them healthy – Yes, it's the food that they eat. It's also the way they prepare the food and the fact they do it in a communal setting. Right. The relationship part of the Blue Zones is very interesting to study. Um, the the people that discovered it have talked quite a bit about that. And so I think the act of preparing food is so important. Food is not made with love at a restaurant. It's no. thrown in a place yeah. unless it's a Michelin star. Uh, it's thrown onto your plate. They put as much salt on it as they can so that you get that taste yeah. so that you'll come back. At home, it's made with love and you tend to enjoy it more. And I think just part of that process of cooking and being together is what makes it so healthy. Absolutely. Well, Garth, you made it? I made it. <laughs> All right. DrGarthDavis.com is the website. I'm Dr. Joe Galati at drjogalati.com. I do thank you. And, and again, if, if all of you learn a couple of things tonight, number one, it is plant-based, avoid the processed foods. I like to say if it came in a can box or bag, don't eat it. Uh, Except beans, canned beans. Beans. Well, you know what it is? People say, well, I get my uh, apples in a bag. I'm like, oh, no. no, you don't get the spirit of the idea. Yeah. But I, I think we all get there. And and obesity is a big problem. The metabolic disease 
Dr. Davis and I are uh, committed a thousand percent to try to cure this. Garth, we'll get you back again without Thanks, a doubt. Joe. All right. Happy Thank you, be. everybody. We'll see you next Sunday night, seven o'clock. Don't forget drjogalati.com. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.